0: InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Jury duty. It's a basic tenet of our judicial system. But a surprising number of potential jurors never show up, and some communities have had enough. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is here to take a look at the crackdown. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Paula Hannaford-Agor is director of the Center for Jury Studies in Williamsburg, Virginia, and she's here to talk about this trend. Tell us, how big of a problem is it of people not showing up for jury duty?
1: Well, in many jurisdictions, it's actually quite a significant problem. The issue is sometimes people not showing up, but there's actually a number of other hurdles that courts are contending with that explain... Why, on average, out of every 100 summons that get sent out, usually only about 30 or so people report for jury service.
0: Wow. Why is this such a problem if, say, 200 people show up rather than the 500 who are summoned? What kind of problems does that create?
1: Well, certainly it creates big cost problems. There's so much work involved in summoning people for jury service that whenever you just get that upfront churning of additional printing, additional postage, additional staff time at the courts trying to follow up with people who haven't responded trying to follow up if a summons is returned is undeliverable, trying to find the right address and if the person is still in the jurisdiction to send a new one. It's also a problem for the community in terms of, for lack of a better phrase, the equitable distribution of jury service on the people. When people don't respond to their summons or if people are excused or if the court can't find them, then those people who do end up serving end up serving more often. And we recognize jury service is burdensome. It's never convenient, but it is a tremendously important public service. And when the same people are burdened over and over again though, it's really not fair to those people or to, you know, the people who are not selected.
0: I can honestly say I've never been summoned for jury duty. Can you tell us a little bit about that process? I think most people think it would be certainly a hassle in terms of maybe wasting their vacation days from work or otherwise losing money while you have to sit in court.
1: Courts are very cognizant of those types of concerns that people have, and what we're seeing from a lot of courts are some real efforts nationally to try to make jury service much less burdensome, and much more convenient. We've been working, doing some studies here through the National Center for State Courts and the Center for Jury Studies, and our best estimate right now is that over 50% of the American population lives in jurisdictions that have what's called a one-day, one-trial term of jury service. So if you're summoned for jury service, you come in for one day. If you are actually impaneled as a sitting juror, you serve on that trial, and then you're done. And if you are not impaneled on a jury, if you're not actually chosen as a juror, you're also done. And so the amount of time that people are asked to give up is very, very small. And most people can spare a day. And quite frankly, most trials in this country only last one or two days. Really? Um, we hear about in the news the trials that get most of the attention is because that they're long and complex and it's a week-long trial or it's a two-week-long trial. Most trials are one to two days.
0: Our guest on InfoTrack is Paula Hannaford-Agor, the director of the Center for Jury Studies in Williamsburg, Virginia, and we're discussing the problem of people shirking jury duty and how some communities are cracking down on them. Paula, short of some major illness, is there any legitimate reason to not appear when you're summoned to serve as a juror?
1: Well, one of the sort of big hurdles, and it's, again, this is the thing of whether people don't respond, some people simply aren't qualified for jury service. In every state in the country, there are certain basic requirements in order to be a juror. You have to be a U.S. citizen. You have to be a resident of that community. You have to be over the age of 18. In most but not all states, you cannot have a felony conviction, or at least a felony conviction without having your civil rights restored. You can't, obviously, have been judged mentally incompetent, so there are some basic requirements there. So people who have moved out of county, they may have been summoned, but if they've moved out of the county, then they're no longer going to be eligible. The problem is sort of the feedback loop. You know, some people will say, well, you know, I've moved halfway across the country. My mail was forwarded here, but I'm obviously not going to show up. But having that feedback loop, getting back to the courts, same thing with people who perhaps would have a legitimate hardship, either a financial hardship if they happen to live in a community that has a longer term of service and, you know, they just can't take a week or two weeks off from work to sit on jury service. They can be excused. But they actually do have to tell the court and explain to the court that, in fact, you know, I'm an hourly worker and I just can't take that kind of time off. Most courts will work with people if it's an inconvenient time. You know, I'm in my busy season. I'm self-employed. will allow people to reschedule to a more convenient time. But, again, it's really the onus is on the person who's been summoned to get in contact with the court and let them know what the problem is. And the courts are generally pretty flexible and pretty accommodating. They'd much rather have you there and participating in the jury system.
0: If you vote on a regular basis, does that mean you increase your chance of being called to jury duty?
1: No. In fact, there are actually several states around the country that don't even use the voters list as their source list. Many of them use a list of licensed drivers. Over 50% of the courts in the country now use a combination, voters' list and drivers' list. And a couple of states, New York and Connecticut, immediately come to mind, actually supplement those lists with additional lists. For example, um, state income tax filers, as well as unemployment and welfare lists.
0: So let's talk about the new ways that courts are trying to get people to show up and not skip jury duty. There are some penalties out there now that are cropping up, right?
1: Mm-hmm. We see courts actually taking a carrot and stick approach. Certainly courts are becoming much more aggressive in their follow up. I think it's well over fifty percent of the courts if you don't respond to a qualification questionnaire or to the summons will immediately either, you know, reschedule you and send a second summons, usually printed, you know, on a different colored paper to get your attention that says this is a second summons. We knew you didn't show up before, and we are seriously expecting you. Some courts have actually gone further and doing more aggressive. You know, If you don't show up after your second summons, they will actually have an order to show cause where you are subpoenaed to come and, and explain to the judge why it is that you've ignored your summons for jury service. And I've known a, a couple of communities who have even taken it further and issued arrest warrants. Those are usually the most aggressive people that they're trying to find. Typically, the penalty is, you're here, we found you, this is your next date, and you better be here for jury service. On the carrot side, they're also working very hard to make it more convenient. We've seen a number of states that have increased their jury fees and mileage rates in recent years. We're seeing courts reduce their term of service. We're seeing courts be much more flexible in terms of deferring jury service to another date.
0: You find that people sometimes when they are in the jury pool will express opinions perhaps that would get them disqualified to be on a jury.
1: You know, I hear anecdotally of people who say that they'd like to do that. What I see, though, when and I spend an awful lot of time at courts hanging out in jury assembly rooms is that most people, once they've sort of gotten through the courthouse doors, They actually get pretty engaged in the process. And so, you know, people who are, for example, if they're not selected as a juror, they're actually quite disappointed. And there have been numerous studies done over the years that people who participate in jury service, you know, either as a sworn juror or just the fact that they've actually come in and gone through the jury selection process, end up having a much more positive view of the justice system as a result. It's very educational. It's usually quite interesting. It's nothing like what you see on television. Paula,
0: does the Center for Jury Studies have a website for folks who want more information?
1: Yes, we do. We're actually uh, within the National Center for State Courts. So if you go to ncsconline.org and then click on the Center for Jury Studies tab over on the right-hand side.
0: Paula Hannaford-Agor from the Center for Jury Studies in Williamsburg, Virginia. Thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack.
1: It's been a delight to talk to you. For InfoTrack,
0: I'm Roy Mackey. Next, the price for health care keeps rising. Will your family be able to pay the bills? That
1: story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.